Hi, really nice to meet you, Femi. Let me introduce you to everyone listening. Um, it's Femi Otutoju, and you've come along with us to bring your insights and thoughts about authenticity and LGBTQ. Now, I know that you've had a long career since the very early 80s in terms of championing people, championing people who come from LGBTQ communities, from BAME communities and from um, and from women's communities, including women's refugees and women fleeing violence. So I feel really awed to have you have a conversation with me and I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Thank you. Thank you for having me, as they say. <laughs> so, as we chatted earlier, this is going to be a conversation. So, I've got some questions to ask you, but what's really important to me in this podcast is that we actually get to hear from you and that you're not constrained by the things I'm going to ask you. So, I give you all the permission in the world just to be yourself and to tell the stories and to get out the things that you want to. Is that okay? That's great. Okay, so the first question is, when you were asked to come and join us on this project, what made you think it might be useful? The first time someone said, you know, would you like to come and be part of this project? I thought, absolutely, because we need to create a space in which people feel they can engage in these kinds of conversations. And I thought that by being part of one myself, I could encourage others to do the same. People are so nervous about misstepping, about using the wrong word, and that stops them talking. And the fact that they don't talk makes it more difficult for them to engage with the issue. So we have to break the cycle somewhere. I'm hoping this will be part of it. I think you described our aim so beautifully because it was all about conversations and hopefully giving people confidence to have their own conversations. So thank you for that. So this was also about authenticity and people being able to be themselves at work. How important do you think it is to be authentic in your workplace and as a leader? Authenticity at work, I think, is really important for everybody, for those of us who hold leadership or management roles, for those of us who look to our leaders and managers to create psychologically safe spaces, for everyone to understand that they have a right to feel like they belong and yeah. being authentic, being able to be authentic is going to give you that. So, uh, yeah, authenticity at work, absolutely crucial. Okay, thank you. But in your life, has that level of authenticity, particularly around being a lesbian woman, has it affected your career? Have you found yourself being different or feeling like you needed to be different in any way to fit in? I think being a lesbian has um, affected my career choices. Okay. I think... Um, that I have always been cognizant of the need to ensure that any space that I was going to work in was going to be a space in which I could genuinely be out, be open, feel comfortable. So I've always been upfront about my sexual orientation from the very get-go when I'm applying for roles, 
Um, I will use draw on experience. I'll say, you know, I used to be care of, uh, chair of Lesbian and Gay Switchboard or I, you know, worked on this management committee, um, Stonewall or something, so that there was never any doubt. <laughs> in the very beginning. Yeah. Why would I want to be in a place where someone didn't want me because I'm a lesbian? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I guess for you, that felt like a natural place, but for others, it might feel hard to navigate that. And so apart from only going to places that really wanted you, how else have you navigated through your career, um, bearing in mind how passionate you are about people's rights? I think that my career has also been shaped by other people who have been supportive of me. Okay. So for those of us who aren't able, you know, it's all very well for me when you need to say, oh, I'm always out, I'm, I'm always out, I'm always out front. I know that that isn't practical for everybody, either because of who they are, what their life experiences are, or the disciplines and areas that they're thinking of going into, they may not feel that that's, yeah, that's possible for them. So I think the other area, the other thing that helped me was mm. to work out where the support might come from in the mm. workplace, who I could trust, who might act as a sponsor for me. Um, and that, yes, to work out where um, the, the people who could smooth the path for me would be inside the organisation. And these days, of course, that might be employee resource groups, networks and so on. But it might be just one person. And if you, I find if you give people a chance mm-hmm. to to be their best selves, they'll often step up. So mm-hmm. maybe I used to start with a bit of flattery. Um, yeah, I can see that you're really committed to um, supporting people in the workplace. And I wondered if I might ask you if you'd consider being my mentor, you know, or I was really inspired by the way you were in that meeting. And I'd love for you to be able to support me a little bit in what I'm trying to do here. People yeah. like people who like them. They do. And there's also something isn't there about feedback and growing a feedback culture. And, uh, you know, I heard you speak before about being able to state your intent when you're giving feedback. I wonder if you could tell me a little bit more about how you feel about the importance of feedback. I think it's really difficult for some of us to work out how the way we are is landing with others yeah and so feedback is imperative for us to be able to uh to work out what the culture is and the environment that we work in Mm -hmm. um because so often culture i think is a bit of a code like a sort of hidden code and if you're part of the dominant culture then you know the code and if you're not of that culture you've got to kind of feel your way through it and so i think it's it, we should all get better at telling people about how things are here, yeah. what we value and what we're looking for in individuals, and then tell them how well they're doing. Every single person at any given time should be able to say, this is what my manager values about me. This is what the leaders think I do well. This is what they think I should change. But I'm afraid I don't think that is true. Um, so if we could only get better at hearing, hearing and giving feedback, I think life would be a bit easier for a lot of people. Yeah, we're not even very good at receiving compliments, are we? No, no. So no. let alone something that's a criticism of something that we've done. Uh, yeah. So we all need to practice that, I think. And, and often I find that people almost find criticism easier to hear than compliments. 
and and the and the criticism and compliments aren't feedback are they you know both of those things are are kind of they come from a certain place but what i heard you say was about from a place of positive intent wanting the best for the person and so growing a culture bit by bit where people are able to give feedback regularly frequently but with positive intent yes and i think that 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 positive intent often needs to be declared before you deliver the message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise people will choose what they're going to hear. So you yeah. have to put what you want them to hear up front. So up front now, I would really love for you to be able to develop here. Yeah. And so I'd like to tell you about this because I think it might get in the way. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm really committed to giving you the best start that I can in this place. Um, and I'm hoping that what I'm about to tell you will help you with that. Yeah. And it, if that bit cannot be heard, you know, it can, it cannot be avoided. It's upfront, um, yeah. and it's less likely to be resisted because there's no noise around it. If it comes mm. first, if you do it afterwards, um, it's too late. It's already it? been an emotional response. Often, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that that is just as important for people seeking out allies in terms of whether you know whether they're lgbtq or whether they come from a bane background or any other marginalized groups is being able to have people who are prepared to have open conversations with them and show their allyship i think that's i think that's absolutely true it's it's a sadness to me that sometimes people cast about looking for sources of support and wondering who 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 they can rely on, who they can talk to about this. And I, one of the banes of my life, and I, I think, is closet allies. You know, people who stand around in the workplace meaning well, perhaps even trying to radiate the fact that they, they mean well, but without actually saying it. People need to be out as allies. We need to slip it into our everyday conversation. We need to include it in the way in which we communicate with people so that they can see where where the allies are and, and they can find us. Well, and I guess there's a risk at being open and authentic at work in terms of your race or your gender or your sexual orientation. And so what I think I'm hearing from you is you need the same risk taken from allies. You need I, I suppose that's I suppose that's true. I hadn't had it put like that. Um, and the other thing, of course, is about some some aspects of ourselves, depending on whether it's, you know, it's genetic in that, you know, this is my this is my race. It's not much I can do about that. Everyone can see my shiny black face um, at any time. Uh, they still don't necessarily feel able to engage with it. No. Um, so they still need to be able to say that I see you are the only black woman in our department. And I hope that this is a, is a is a safe space for you. But if it's not, would you just tell me because I'm committed to making it as comfortable mm. as I can. That's that's what we need to learn to do. We need to learn either to do it. And when we're the ones with the power, that's fine. You know, we're the, the ones senior in the hierarchy. Then it's yeah. our responsibility to do that. Yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, we're just peers. Um, yeah. And and so we, don't, we, we can still say, look, I I hope this lands well, <laughs> but I just want you to know, you know, if anything like that happens again, I'd, I'd, I'd love to know how I can support you. It's mm. as simple as that. But it's those powerful conversations, isn't it? Mm. So the last question I've got for you, and this is always the one that intrigues me the most. 
Can I ask you to think about really young people coming into the workplace now um, and and maybe are just coming out and it's that, you know, their beginning of their experience or, you know, their non-binary or trans, what advice would you give them? Um, the first thing is remember that advice to young, new people all coming into the workplace is that you're good enough and you've got a right to be here. Uh, just that in the first instance. In the next instance, I'd say try not to put stuff on other people because of what they look like or seem like to you. You do have to give them a chance to be their best selves and to be a good thing for you. And I'm minded of myself when um, as a young sort of feminist, green and common going young woman, I was managed by a a middle-aged white man who was part of a team of middle-aged white men. (laughs) And I kind of thought that when some of them teased me that that manager wouldn't support me. And so I never told him about it until one day he said, you know, if those guys ever give you jip, will you tell me? Mm. And thank goodness he was out as an ally. And thank goodness um, he was able to tell me that because I had already painted him with the same stripes as everybody else. Um, And, you know, I, I hadn't given him a chance to be his best self. So if we're just starting out, let's not put our fears onto other people. Let's give them a chance to be a good thing for us. Thank you. That's really helpful. It's been such a pleasure talking with you. I really appreciate Femi. And um, I feel like I've learned so much, not only about the things that you've shared, but about who you are as a woman and, and what you've achieved over the last several decades. So thank you very much indeed. It's a real pleasure.